those gifts are still for the church today, for us today, amen. There is, uh, uh, there's no place in the Bible that tells us that these gifts passed away with the apostles, no place that tells us that, that they ceased in any point in time. And so the gifts of the Spirit, those nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are, are given in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 um, are for us today, and we are to uh, be operating in those gifts and functioning uh, seeing those gifts manifested in the body of Christ within the church. So open your Bibles tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, and I'm going to read verses 7 through 11, which has been our text here for the past few weeks on Sunday evening. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 11, and it says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So it's telling us that everyone can operate uh, and flow in the gifts of the Spirit or in the manifestation of the Spirit. And then he begins to talk about what those gifts are. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. I believe that's what we dealt with last week before last. To another, the working of miracles. To another, verse 10, to another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. As who wills? as He wills, the Holy Spirit wills. So I can't just call you up here and say, I'm going to give you the gift of prophecy. I'm going to impart to you the gift of prophecy. It's as the Holy Spirit wills. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, bless your word tonight. Anoint us to minister your word and help us to learn more about these precious gifts and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, the best way to describe the gifts of the Spirit is to say that uh, three of them, and I've mentioned this before, three of these gifts, and there are nine of them in groupings of three, three of these gifts say something, three of these gifts do something, and three of these gifts reveal something. And um, they all work together. And we've talked about those three revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And those are the gifts that reveal something. And we've also ministered uh, on each one of those three power gifts. Those are the most exciting gifts. Those are the ones everybody wants to see in operation. The, the gift of faith or special faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. And so those gifts are all important, but in, and, and, uh, but in this message tonight, I want to begin talking about those three gifts of utterance. The gifts that God has given are the manifestation of the Spirit that the Lord has given to the church to say something, or God's voice. And I, I, I like to refer to these, to these three gifts 
as God's voice to the church. The three vocal gifts, which are the gifts of utterance, where God speaks to the congregation through these gifts. And those gifts are the gift of prophecy, the gift of divers kinds or different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. I think I mentioned this morning that, uh, in just talking about the service tonight and the message tonight, that these are the three gifts that are more prominent, seems to be, within the church in the day we're living in. And um, they, are, they are gifts that are, are relevant for the church age, for the dispensation of the church. For God to speak to His church doesn't, doesn't mean that the other gifts are unimportant or are not necessary. I believe that they are all necessary and that they are all important and that they all should be uh, manifested and in operation in the church and that you and I should be desiring those gifts. And that's, as I said, the purpose of, of ministering on these gifts. I've done it before at the old church, I think maybe once since we've been in this building. I've never taken them just one at a time like I've done this time. Before it's been doing them and teaching on them in groupings. But, um, but, but these gifts are important. All of them are important. And God does not want us to be ignorant of these gifts. So these vocal gifts, the gift of diverse kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and the gift of prophecy, the three gifts that speak to the church, and of these three vocal gifts... Prophecy, the gift of prophecy, is the best of the three. Are you with me? The gift of prophecy is the most important. Now, we're not demeaning any of the others. You know, a lot of people have studied this and they've, they've, they've read things that Paul said about how important prophecy was. So they've said, well, tongues isn't necessary. Well, tongues is necessary in a local church as long as there's an interpretation to those tongues. Amen. So everybody's edified and everybody knows what was said. But of these three gifts, of these vocal gifts, the, uh, Paul said that prophecy is the most important because he mentioned in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, he said that greater is he who prophesies than he that speaks in tongues and, and a lot of people will just stop right there and say, see, we don't need speaking in tongues in the church. All we need is prophecy. But he didn't stop there. He said, except he interpret. He said, greater is he who prophesies than he that speaks in tongues, except, it, that, except he interprets. So what Paul is saying in that verse, he's telling us that to speak with tongues and then have the interpretation to those tongues is equal to the gift of prophecy. Amen. Because the interpretation fulfills that gift of speaking in other tongues or diverse kinds of tongues. So, so prophecy, prophecy is the most important of the three vocal gifts because it does not require another gift to complete it. Are you following what I'm saying? Or diverse kinds of tongues, it's not going to do you any good. Now, I'm not talking about the prayer language or praying in tongues. You don't have to have an interpreter to get in your prayer closet or around these altars and pray in the Spirit and pray in tongues. What I'm talking about here is the gift the, the, the spiritual gift of diverse kinds of tongues where you are used of God to give 
what we call a message in tongues that is followed by an interpretation. So, so the gift of diverse kinds of tongues requires an, the gift of interpretation to, to complete the message. Amen. That's why, you know, that's what Paul was setting these things in order in the church at Corinth because they had got so, um, so out of order. Everybody was just talking in tongues out loud without an interpretation. They were all excited. They were all zealous of spiritual gifts. They weren't necessarily giving messages in tongues, but they were praying in tongues out loud. Paul said, if there's no interpreter, if it's not a message, if you're just pray, you speak to yourself and to God. Do it under tongue. Do it under your breath. You can pray in tongues all you want to under your breath. You're speaking not to men, but unto God. Amen. But when there's a message that's given, and I'm, you know, I'm just mentioning, we'll get on tongues and interpretation at a later time. But when there's a message given, that the gift of interpretation is needed to complete that message. So, so that's why prophecy is the best. The gift of prophecy is the best gift out of these three vocal gifts because it doesn't need another. It doesn't need another gift to complete it. Amen. What is prophecy? What is prophecy? Well, prophecy, to prophesy, to give prophecy, prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. So when you're speaking a word of prophecy to a church, to a congregation, it's supernatural, it's given by the Holy Spirit, but it's in the language of those who are there present so everybody understands what is being said. That's why Paul said that greater is he that, speaks in, that, that prophesies than he that speaks in tongues, except he interpret. Are you following what I'm saying? Amen? So diverse kinds of tongues. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. Diverse kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. Unknown, that is, to the speaker. And unknown, probably, to most everybody that is in that congregation. It is a language. It's not babble or it's not gibberish. But it is a language that's known either somewhere on earth or somewhere in heaven. Come on, amen? But it's a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. And then the gift of interpretation of tongues is a supernatural utterance that shows forth what has been said in an unknown tongue. So an it, notice it's the gift of the interpretation of tongues, not the translation of tongues. You, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll, and I've had people ask me about this uh, before, there'll be a message in tongues and maybe the interpretation that comes forth may be longer than what the message in tongues was or it, or it may be shorter than what the message in tongues was. And people can't understand that. They say, well, it was a relatively short message in t that was given in utterance in tongues. Then the interpretation seemed to go on a little longer. Well, you have to understand, it's not a word for word translation of what was said in tongues, but it's an interpretation or it's the Holy Spirit giving the meaning of the message of what, of what that utterance was in tongues, all right? It's just like when I preached, you know, when I preached in Africa and had that interpreter and it was all, boy, I had to have a good one to keep up. Amen, because I had trouble slowing down. But uh, you don't know that, being around me enough. But, but, but the interpreter, I would say 
something and wait for him. And a lot of times what he would say maybe be, I would think, well, he surely didn't say all that I said or maybe it would be shorter or longer than what I said. But he was not given the word-for-word translation, but he was given the meaning to the people that they would understand what was being said. And that's what the gift of interpretation is. But when we talk about prophecy, what does what does it mean to prophesy? And uh, when you look at the Hebrew meaning, and I love this because the Hebrew meaning to prophesy means to flow forth or to bubble forth or to spring forth like a fountain. To spring forth, to bubble up or to bubble forth or to spring forth like a fountain. When I studied that and found that out, I, th- I thought about a two-liter soda bottle. You know, you shake that up a little bit and you, you hit that, you t- take that cap off and then what happens? It's just, on the, it's just bubbling up from the inside and overflowing. That's, that's the meaning of to prophesy. It's a flowing out of you by the Spirit of the Lord. Prophecy is not something that comes from the mind. It's not something that somebody thinks up from the mind, but it's utterance of the Holy Spirit that bubbles up down here on the inside. The Holy Spirit. It's just like a like a soda, you know, like a soda being shook up and taking the cap off and letting it out. Amen. That's what it means to prophesy. Hallelujah. I've told you the story of the first message that I interpreted when I was about 18 years old and, uh, and how that, man, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly hold it back. It just was bubbling up on the inside of me. And, and as soon as I opened my mouth and said the few words that the Holy Spirit was giving me, it was just like in taking that cap off of that soda bottle, man. It just started flowing and rolling out. That's the Hebrew meaning of to prophesy to bubble forth, to, to spring forth as a fountain. But then the Greek word for prophecy or to prophesy means to speak for another. To prophesy is to speak for God and to be God's spokesman. Amen? It's to speak for the Lord, to speak for God. And Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, and we've used this verse In our teaching throughout the weeks, he said for us to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Then in verse 39, he said of that 14th chapter, he said, desire earnestly to prophesy. See now, this is, and that's what, what, what I'm saying. You know, this doesn't mean that we shouldn't desire the other gifts. We should desire the other gifts. I'm trying to get you to desire the gifts, to pray for the gifts, to pray that the gifts of the Spirit be manifested in the church. But, but we are to desire all the gifts, all of the gifts of the Spirit, that they be in operation. But especially we should desire to prophesy, to speak forth for, for the Lord, for, uh, to be God's spokesman. spokesman. Amen? Now, this gift of prophecy, and I can see everybody's really excited about this, but this gift of prophecy is different, and I, and I want to bring this out tonight. The, the simple gift of prophecy that Paul mentions here in 1 Corinthians 12 is different than an individual that, that we would call or, or know as a prophet or someone being in the office of a prophet. Are there still prophets of God today? Yeah, I believe there are. Not nearly as many as they think. 
Amen. But uh, there's a lot of people. You know, listen, and I've said this before, when a, when, a, when a guy has to pull his card out and give you his card and it says apostle so-and-so or prophet so-and-so, I, I don't need that. Amen. You don't need to, to broadcast that. But uh, there's a lot of people that claim to be prophets of God and are speaking forth prophecy that are not prophets of the Lord at all. But the simple gift of prophecy is a lot different from the office of the prophet because the gift of prophecy, to have the, the spiritual gift of prophecy operating in your life does not make you a prophet. All right? It just doesn't make you a prophet. This gift of prophecy doesn't indicate in any way that you are placed in the office of the prophet or that you are to give forth prophecies and begin predicting future events and all that type of thing. Come on. That does, that's not what this simple gift of prophecy is because there is a vast difference. There's a great difference if you study the Word of God between prophecy in the Old Testament and prophecy in the in the, in the New Testament. The office of the prophet, when, when we talk about a, a person that would stand in that office of a prophet and that would give forth uh, prophecies, those, those that stand in that office, uh, that office also includes revelation or foretelling of things to come. They will predict future events. We see that all through the Old Testament, don't we? Um, the, the prophets of God that, re, that are recorded in the Old Testament and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Amos and, and, uh, and, and Hosea and just all the prophets, Joel, all those prophets, those men stood in the office of a prophet and they prophesied and had revelation from God about things that were going to take place and things that were going to happen. It was the word of wisdom operating in their life by the Spirit of God speaking forth, um, giving revelation of things that were going to take place. We still have those prophecies recorded. Uh, and, and there's a lot of those things that they spoke out, uh, prophetic utterances and that they recorded. Some of those, many of those things have not yet been fulfilled. Many of them have. But the point is those who stand in the office of a prophet are, are dealing with many times future events, speaking to the church from revelation that God, the Holy Spirit, has given them about things that are going to happen, predicting things that are going to happen. Now there's, you know, you can go on YouTube, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of guys on YouTube doing this. But here's the thing that I want you to be aware of. Uh, you know, you, you can pull up these prophecies and there's prophecies that's been made that, that's supposedly been made about Donald Trump. We'll see, we'll see if the, with the, if those prophets are really true in 2020 because there's a lot of them that are, that are prophesying. Some of them that are prophesying saying he will be elected. One prophesied said he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he's in office. Well, if that happens, I'll say that's a true prophet. If it don't, Mark them off your list. Amen? I mean, just mark them off your list. That, that's why the Bible says we are to judge prophecy. We're to judge it, number one, it does it line up with the Word of God. Number two, we're to judge it if it's a, if it's a revelation that's given 
did it happen? Did it come to pass? Especially if it's a time-sensitive prophecy. And I could call some names here, but I will not, of individuals that have prophesied of things that were going to happen at certain time frames and certain dates. And those things didn't happen in those dates. So you know what I do? I just mark them off. I just mark them off. Well, maybe they just missed it. They don't. Listen, listen. When you go to predicting things and you stand up and say, this is what the Lord says, you better make sure it's the Holy Ghost giving you that prediction to say. Amen? I mean, the Bible's very plain. God said the way to test if a prophet is true or not is if he prophesies something and it doesn't come to pass, he, was, he has not spoken by the Lord. God doesn't give. God never, the Holy Ghost never misses it. So, so the office of the prophet is different. It includes foretelling of things to come. But the simple gift of prophecy that we're talking about and that Paul is dealing with here in this particular, uh, in this epistle to the Corinthians, this simple gift of prophecy in the New Testament is given, Paul said, for what? For edification, for exhortation, and for comfort. It speaks to the body of Christ to edify them, to build them up, to strengthen them, to encourage them, to give them comfort, amen. That's what, that's what this gift is for. And he said that in 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 14, verse 3 and 4. So, so it's to edify, to build up, to strengthen, to encourage the church. This simple gift of prophecy that we're talking about that should flow within the church that Paul said that we should desire to have is not a gift that, that, that gets up and condemns. It's not a gift that gets up and gives doom and gloom and, 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 and foretells and says that bad things are going to happen. But it's a gift that is given to encourage, to build up, to strengthen, to warn. Amen. And there are sometimes that prophecies come forth with the simple gift of prophecy that tells us things, that speaks to us and exhorts us to draw closer to the Lord. Exhorts us. The, 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 the word that came forth this morning, the interpretation, exhorting us to, to stand in faith, to believe the Lord. It's an encouraging word. And it's always lined up with the Word of God. Any prophecy, we must judge them. And any prophecy that is spoke for, spoken forth, whether it's from a, a, an interpretation of tongues or just a word of prophecy without a message in tongues, has to be judged according to the Word. If it violates the Bible in any way, come on somebody, if it violates that written Word, we're not rewriting the Bible, nobody's rewriting the Word of God, we're not adding to it, we're not taking from it, and if it's not in life, if that word of prophecy doesn't line up with Scripture, then whoever gave it just missed the boat. Come on, amen? So we have to correct those things. Now, I don't want you to, you know, to... to uh, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to scare anybody off and say, well, I'm afraid if I prophesy I'll say something wrong. You ain't going to say anything wrong if you're, if you're speaking by the Holy Spirit. No man speaks, uh, Paul said, by the Holy Spirit uh, can call Jesus accursed. If he's speaking by the Holy Spirit, you're going to be okay. Amen? Amen. So Paul plainly tells us in, uh, in, in chapter 12, verse 28 and 29 of that uh, 1 Corinthians, 
Let me look at that real quick. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28 and 29. He says this. He tells us here that, that all... Everyone are not prophets. Now, I'm still talking to you about the difference between being in the office of a prophet and operating in the simple gift of prophecy. And he tells us that all are not prophets. Look at verse 28, says in God. Now, he's talking about the ministries in the church in verse 28 and 29. He's not talking about the gifts of the... the uh, He's talking about the ministries of the church, not necessarily these spiritual gifts. He said, he said, God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Now those include are those included in the in the fivefold ministry gifts of Ephesians, right? So there, 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 he, he places first apostles. Are there still apostles? Yeah, there are still apostles that God calls. Some people says that office has been done away with, but it has not. It's still viable within the church today. Not in the same way that the 12 apostles of Christ were. Not in the same way that, that the, the apostle Paul was. We're not adding to, as I said, we're not adding anything to the scripture, but there's still apostles that God raises up to give direction to the church. And there are still prophets and thirdly teachers. After that miracles then gifts of healings, helps, administrations and varieties of tongues. And then he said are all apostles well, the answer to that question is no. Everybody's not an apostle. I don't claim to be an apostle. I'm a pastor, all right? I do claim that, okay? But he said, are all apostles? No, the answer is no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all, are all, uh, do all have the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? Now, here's the one. Here's the catch that, that, these, that the cessationists grab onto and say, see, right there? Everybody don't speak in tongues. Everybody, listen to me, everybody that receives the baptism in the Holy Ghost will speak with tongues as the initial physical evidence of the Holy Spirit. What Paul's referring to here, again, is the ministry and those gifts of the Spirit operating to give messages in tongues. Everybody doesn't have that gift. But everybody that's filled with the Holy Ghost will speak with tongues as the Spirit gives utterance, but that doesn't mean necessarily that you'll have the gift to give a message in tongues. I bet you I've given a message in tongues I don't know. I can count on one hand in the number of years that I've been serving the Lord and in the ministry, I can count on one hand the number of times I've given a message. It's been very, very rare because God doesn't use me for whatever reason in that, in that gift of diverse kinds of tongues. But I do pray in tongues every single day of my life. I do communicate with the Lord in that heavenly language every single day of my life. I'm getting sidetracked now. I know, amen. But 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 everybody doesn't have the gift of tongues. Everybody to give a message. Everybody is not a prophet. But yet the apostle Paul encouraged all of us to desire and pray that we would prophesy. Well, is he contradicting himself? No, he's not contradicting himself here because what he's saying is everybody's not called to stand in the office of a prophet, but everybody that is spirit-filled can have the simple gift of prophecy to speak forth and edify 
and exhort and bless and encourage and comfort the body of Christ. Come on, amen? Praise God. We need to covet earnestly. Covet earnestly these gifts, these best gifts. Amen. So the simple gift of prophecy, if you've been used in that gift, and here's where a lot of people get sidetracked and messed up, because if God has used you in the simple gift of prophecy to, to speak forth an utterance for the Lord in a church service, that doesn't make you a prophet. It doesn't make you, that doesn't make you a prophet. It means that you, it, it, you have the simple gift of prophecy, but you've not been called as a prophet. The simple gift of prophecy is forthtelling. The office of the prophet is foretelling. So the office of the prophet speaks um, things that foretell future events many times, and, and that doesn't make you a prophet just because you've prophesied. Come on, amen? Now listen, another area where people get mixed up is this. Preaching is not the gift of prophecy. Now, I've read commentaries, and I have commentaries that a lot of these guys will say that in their commentary. Of course, these guys are not spirit-filled, and these guys don't believe that these gifts are for us today. So it's, it's amazing to read how they try to explain these things away. And so one of the excuses, you know, I told you last time that they say the gifts of healing are the doctors and hospitals and medicine. That, that's not the gifts of healing. But these same guys will say that, that well, this gift of prophecy means preaching. It means it means when a pastor or an evangelist gets up to preach, he's operating in the gift of prophecy. No. That's not, they're two totally different things. And so this is not true. There can be. Now, I will say this, there can be an element of prophecy that can be manifested while a preacher's preaching. Because I've had that happen to me before, and it still happens on various occasions, but, but while a, a preacher, a pastor, an evangelist, whoever is preaching the Word, a prepared message, that preacher during that message many times can be inspired by the Holy Spirit to say something spontaneously that will be injected into that message that he hadn't thought about, that he hadn't read, that he hadn't studied, that he hadn't prepared, but, but the Holy Spirit will just bubble up from on the inside and he'll speak forth. And that's happened to me a lot. Of times, and I'd think, why in the world did I? Where did that come from? Where did that? I don't have any idea where that come. Well, it's an element of prophecy in that preaching, in that message. It's the gift of prophecy being operating uh, or operating in that ministry. But that does not mean that preaching is prophecy. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, now to preach means to what? To preach means to proclaim. To preach means to, to, uh, to cry out or to tell. That's what I'm doing here. That's what I do on Sunday morning. Amen. I proclaim the gospel. I proclaim the word of God. I cry out. I'm a, I'm a herald to cry out and to give you the word of God. But, but that's not the same as prophecy. See, the Bible never says anywhere that men would be saved by the foolishness of prophecy. But the Bible 
Bible does say that, that people would be saved by the foolishness of preaching, that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save those who will believe. See, the gifts of the Spirit are used by God to get people's attention, amen, and, and they do, but not to save them. These gifts are in no way, now listen to what I'm saying, these gifts of the Spirit are in no way, shape, or form to replace or take precedence over the preaching of the Word of God. This is the most important thing. And I know, you know, there's ministries and there's, there's evangelists and I'm not knocking anybody, but there's some that just want to make their ministry about the gifts. All they want to do is prophesy. They never want to preach. They never want to open their Bible. They just want to call people out and prophesy over them all the time. And there's no, that is not the proper use of this gift. Are you listening to me? Whenever the Word of God is put aside and ignored and you rely just only on gifts and, and the gift of prophecy and all of that, you're going to find out what's going to happen is people are not going to grow spiritually. They're going to be shallow in their experience with the Lord and they're going to be running around all the time always looking for somebody to lay hands on them and tell them something and give them a word. Boy, I tell you what, you all are excited tonight. But it's true. You know, there's people that will flock to these meetings. They'll flock to these meetings where, where, this, where the, the, the evangelist or whoever is used in prophecy, and I use that term loosely, especially when it comes to personal prophecy and, and prophesying over people. God does do that, but we need to, we need to be careful in that our area. And, uh, but they'll flock to these meetings and want to be prophesied over, want to be prophesied over. And um, the Word of God is neglected, and any time the Word of God, I, I listen, if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of making sure that the Bible and the preaching of the Bible is priority in the church. Amen? Not taking away anything from the gifts of the Spirit, but these gifts in no way, shape, or form ever override or take the place of the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. So, so um, new, the New Testament, in the New Testament, we talked a little bit about the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, I'm going to give you a couple of examples an example of the gift of prophecy and then an example of a prophet's ministry in the New Testament. But in Acts chapter 21, verse 8 and 9, um, it says this, Paul and his companions departed from Caesarea and entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist. Do you remember Philip? He went down to Samaria. It says he was one of the seven, and they stayed there with him. He was one of the seven, meaning that Philip was one of the seven original deacons. And then God began to use him as an evangelist and sent him to Samaria and other places to preach the word. But notice what it says. They were staying there at the house of Philip the evangelist. And verse 9 said that this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. I'm going to ask a question here tonight. Are daughters male or female? female. I, I know to ask that in this society and culture today, no telling what you get. But, 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 but daughters, virgin daughters are women. Isn't that right? And what did it say that these women, these four women were doing? 
They were prophesying. What is prophesying? It's to speak forth utterance of the Holy Spirit, to speak forth for God, to be a spokesman for God. Did, wonder why if Paul was against women prophesying and preaching and there in the house of Philip the evangelist which constituted a church because I've heard people say well they weren't in a church they were at home they were having church in the house of Philip the evangelist they didn't have no church buildings like we had when they gathered together and got together in the house they that constituted the church and wonder why Paul if he was against women and preachers why he didn't say Philip you need to set those girls down they're not supposed to be speaking in the house of God I want them to be quiet I just thought I'd throw that in maybe that was a prophecy Thank you. <laughs> amen no my point is this listen when, when I, I'm not going to teach on that tonight but, but, but there's no Paul was not demeaning women from preaching and teaching the word of God are you listening to me amen here were four virgin girls four daughters of Philip that prophesied in his house in this church setting amen they, they had the simple gift of prophecy they, that, that was operating in their life they prophesied in the services that were held there in that house and so this was, they were not foretelling events they were just prophesying giving words of encouragement Encourage, they wouldn't give any, any, any foretelling or revelation, but they were edifying and, 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 and building up these saints that had come together through the simple gift of prophecy. Amen? Paul was there. His ministry team was there. I guarantee you Paul was preaching, but praise God, these four girls were prophesying as well, operating in that gift to build up the body of Christ. It all works together. But then there's, there's, and there's, a, new, there's a New Testament example of the ministry of, prof, of a prophet. And we'll just touch on this, but it's a man by the name of Agabus. And there's two places in the book of Acts he's mentioned. One of them is in Acts 11 where Agabus signified by the Spirit of the Lord that there was going to be a great drought in the land and a great famine. And he predicted that and it came to pass. Can you see the difference? in the ministry of a prophet that would have revelation of something that's going to happen and then just simple prophecy that builds up and encourages and edifies the body of Christ. Amen? But in Acts 21... Chapter 10 and 11, it says a certain prophet named Agabus came down and uh, where Paul was and took Paul's sash or his belt and bound up his hands and his feet. And he, and he spoke and he said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so those that at Jerusalem are going to do the very same thing. Those, at the, the, those Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man that owns this girdle, that owns this sash, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. What was he doing? He, was ha he had a revelation and he was speaking by the Holy Spirit. This was not the simple gift of prophecy to edify, exhort, and comfort. This was a man that was, that, was, that was recognized as a prophet of God who was giving revelation and he was telling Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, here's what's going to happen. They're going to arrest you. They're going to tie you up. They're going to bind you up. This is going to happen if you go to Jerusalem. Amen? But notice something about 
about this word of prophecy that was given by Agabus. There was no definite direction given to Paul in that message. Agabus did not tell Paul to go or not to go. The decision was left up to Paul. He just said the Holy Ghost says if you go this is what's going to happen to you. He didn't say thus saith the Lord you're supposed to go to Jerusalem. Let me tell you that's not what the gift is used for. It's not to give you or I or anybody else any personal direction in our life. But that office of a prophet can reveal something that may happen to us if we take a certain direction or a certain course. But the, but the choice is left up to us what we decide to do. Amen. you got the Holy Ghost. You can pray and be led by the Spirit, can't you? You shouldn't need a prophet following you around telling you every move to make. Glory to God. So we can all prophesy, but we can't all be prophets. Are you getting that? We can all have the simple gift of prophecy and function operating that in a decent and orderly manner in the church, but that doesn't make us prophets to foretell the future. All right, I got to hurry here. I'm... I just think there's some stuff we just need to know. There's a misuse. There's a misuse many times in the gift of prophecy that causes confusion, uh, especially in the area, and I touched on this a while ago, but I want to just mention it again, especially in the area of personal prophecy. That's why I'm always leery of that. I want to know, if I have a man here in this church ministering or in the pulpit, and he's going to give personal prophecies over people. Number one, I want to be there and hear what he says. If he's going to try to do it behind my back, that's not right. I want to know what he's saying, number one. And um, I want to know that this, this guy's integrity, this person's integrity. I want to know a li- little bit about their life, you know. I want to know some. The Bible said, know those who labor among you. So I just leave that there. But, but this, there's been this misuse in personal prophecy that has caused a lot of confusion within the church because people have been told to do things by a preacher that is laying hands on them saying, thus says the Lord. And they've been told to do, there's been people that's been, that's been told to sell their homes, been told that they've been called into the ministry. Been, been told that, that they needed to quit their jobs and go to Bible college, that, that the Lord's telling them to go here, what church to attend. That is not, listen to me, folks. Anytime a, per, a person lays hands on you or prophesies over you trying to give you direction and tell you something like that to do, that's not the way this gift operates. Are you listening to me? Amen. And so there's been a problem in many prayer groups, many prayer meetings um, that, that have started out good, but then they'd get over in that area in those prayer meetings where they'd begin to lay hands on one another and just prophesy over one another, and it turned out to be a prophecy fest instead of a prayer meeting, instead of a prayer group. There's been times in our prayer meetings that there has been messages in tongues and there has been interpretations. In our prayer meetings on Tuesdays and Saturdays, there have been words of prophecy, 
but nobody's going around laying hands on everybody and prophesying over everybody in the prayer group. That stuff gets way out of hand. It gets way out of hand and causes a lot of confusion. Now, God does at sometimes, at times, listen, He does at times use personal prophecy to speak into individuals' lives. But I've said this before, and I want to remind you again, it's always used as a confirmation of what a person has already felt in their heart and life. It's never given for guidance and direction. As I said, you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you. I don't need somebody. If somebody lays hands on me or prophesies something over me and says, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying, and if it's direction of some kind, I have to already know. It will just be a confirmation from the Lord of something that God has already spoke to me and already told me or something that I'm praying for or something that I'm believing for that the Holy Spirit is using that man or that woman to give me some confirmation and to let me know God is working on the the situation. Amen? But it's not to give you guidance. It's not to give you direction. And so we've got to be very, very, very careful about personal prophecies because lives have been ruined through the misuse of personal prophecy. Don't, don't, don't run all over the country just to get in some meeting where somebody can prophesy over your lives. Amen? Amen. So there's... There's much error along those lines, always has been. It was in the early church, and that's why Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica and said, despise not, do not despise prophecy, because there was some misuse of the gift then. And it got to the place, and it's easy to get there. When you see this gift misused and abused and faked, it gets you to the place where you almost think, I don't want any of that. And Paul said, don't despise prophecies. In other words, try the spirits, test the spirits, judge the prophecy. But we don't ever want to get to the place where we don't want the true and the genuine operation of those gifts within the church because we do. I said we do. Amen? Praise God. All right. A person can, it's so easy for a person to yield to the flesh or speak without the unction of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to close. There was an incident that took place uh, at Abundant Life a few years ago when we were over in the other building. And uh, it was during one of our Tuesday morning prayer meetings. We've been having these prayer meetings on Tuesday for a number of years. And um, there, was an individual that, there was an individual that would come uh, to those prayer meetings just about every, every Tuesday and uh, join us in prayer. He did, he did attend our church some, but he was a part of another church. He would come and pray, and there was, he would get to where he would give out words of prophecy during those, those uh, prayer meetings. And uh, I would always be attentive to listen to what he said, especially when it's, in, when it's someone that, that doesn't attend the church, if they're going to give a word of prophecy, I want to be careful to hear what's being said. And, and if it's something that's not right, then I'm going to deal with that person after the service. I'm not just going to let it slide. I'm going to say, you know, what you said wasn't the Spirit of God. That's what the Bible says when it says that we're to judge those prophecies. But we were there in that prayer meeting that particular day, and this person began to prophesy. 
he began to say some things. Uh, you know, I, I, I started listening. He had been saying some things a little bit that I was a little bit concerned about in some prophecies prior. And so I was sitting on the platform. Uh, we had just a small platform down at the other church. And I was sitting on the platform praying. And there was others out in the congregation that were sitting and praying. Some were kneeling. But this person happened to be laying on the floor. And they began, he began to prophesy, began to give a prophecy. And uh, he got up on his hands and knees and began to crawl. He began to crawl all over the church. And as he was crawling around the church, he was prophesying. And I, I just reached over when he began, just the Spirit of the Lord prompted me, and I just had my phone laying there beside me. I just reached over and hit that record thing on my phone to record what was said. I just wanted to know later on in case I wanted to go back and listen to what he said. And he began to prophesy, and he began to start out okay, but then he began to say some things that were way off base. He began to, to prophesy, and I mean, you know, he's, this is thus saith the Lord, and he began to say things um, against our church. He began to say things and prophesy things that, that we were doing wrong. He began then to speak, uh, to speak against some ministers that I had had at the church that I knew both of these men and knew they were men of God. And uh, one of them was, was Pastor Ron Alk. And they began to, he began to prophesy some things against these men, calling them snakes and calling them serpents. And then I, I sat in there and I opened my eyes and I looked and, and Brother Howard, Brother Howard Gillum was sitting on the second row. We just had two sections of seats and he was sitting there. And I, I opened my eyes and looked and, and I can still see the look uh, that Brother Howard had on his face that day. And, and Howard looked at me and I looked at him and Howard went like this and I went like this. And about that time the guy, he was crawling, he had crawled down this aisle and he began to speak things and to say things against speaking in tongues and against tongues. And that was, that was the, the Popeye spirit hit me. I'd had all I could stand and I can't stand no more. Amen. So I got up and did what any shepherd pastor should do. Listen, when things aren't right, you got to deal with it. you gotta, you got to give it to old Barney Fife and nip it in the bud right now. Amen. So I got up and confronted him. I said, that's enough. I said, stop right now. Hush. Be quiet. I said, what you're saying is not from the Holy Ghost. It's not of God. And boy, I tell you what, he, he was on all fours. He raised up on his knees. His face was beet red. And he had a, he had a Sister Reed, I think, was there that day. And, uh, and uh, he had a, a look on his face and he confronted me. He began to be combative, not, not physically, but, but he, said, he said, yes, it is of God, and began to argue with me. I said, no, it's not. What you're saying is not of the Lord and you need to stop it right now. And he became very agitated and uh, he actually had to be physically removed from the prayer meeting that day. And uh, I say that and I, I, was, I, was, I thought of that as I was preparing this message. And I say that just to point out the fact how that we have got to be on our guard because everybody that says thus saith the Lord is not speaking from the Lord. What, he what this deal was 
was. This guy had an issue with some guys, a couple of guys that had preached in our church. He had an issue with them. He didn't agree with some of the things they taught, and there was nothing that they taught that was out of line. There was nothing. If they would have been teaching something unbiblical, I would have dealt with that, and it wasn't this guy's place to deal with it anyway. And if he had an issue with it, the proper thing to do is call me and say, I want to come and meet with you and discuss some things and personally tell me. You don't get up in a church and try to bring correction to a church if you're not the pastor of that church. I'm the one has the right to do that. Come on, somebody. Nobody else. The gift of prophecy, again, is to, what he was saying was not edifying. What he was saying was not, was not comforting. What he was saying was not building us up. What he was saying was tearing down and was destroying. What he was saying was critical and was, was, was uh, you know, was, was saying things against people. And then, especially when he began to say things against the, the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, I knew right away, I, you know, it don't take a rock scientists to figure out this guy is not talking by the Holy Ghost and we got to shut him up now. He's never been back to our church. <laughs> I've only saw him one time since that incident. But The gift of prophecy as far as the other gifts. Worship team, you can come on back. The gift of prophecy the gift of speaking, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation, all these gifts God has given to us, to the church. They're manifestations of the Spirit of God to build up the church, to encourage us. And we are exhorted not to despise these gifts, but we are exhorted to desire these gifts. We need to nurture these gifts. And, and promote them and encourage the manifestation of these gifts of the Spirit because they, listen, these gifts, if they're properly used by the Holy Spirit, they, they provide encouragement and strength and special blessing to everyone that is within the body of Christ. They're of great value to the church when they are properly used, when they are properly used. And that's what Paul was dealing with in Corinth. He was setting those things in order. He wasn't telling them these gifts are to be stopped, that you're not supposed to operate them. No, he was giving the proper order of those gifts being used. He gave, he, he told about, you know, let the prophet speak, two or three, let the others judge. There's order that has to be given. Amen? If any man speak in an, in an unknown tongue, let it be by two at the most three and let one interpret. In other words, you don't, you know, what was happening? They had a message in tongues and there'd be somebody to interpret it and then somebody else, had th they, they had interpreted it. Then a third person interpreted it. And you know, it's like, you know, no, they didn't get it right. I got the right one. And Paul said, no, no, no. One, let one. When there's a message in tongues, one person interpret that. Now, there could be an interpretation. Then someone could speak a prophecy, yes. But the point is, things have to be done orderly, decently. And I pray that all the time here for this church, is that, Lord, give us the genuine 
flow of the Holy Spirit and the genuine manifestation of these gifts within the body of Christ. So you can all desire to prophesy and speak to edify the church and encourage the church. There's, there's, there's many times, Sister Mary, a lot of times, where'd she go? Oh, okay. Sister Mary doesn't give prophecies very often. How many of y'all have been here when she has? And what she will do, I love the way she operates in this, but what she will do, she'll, know, she'll feel that bubbling that I talked about. And, and, and she'll just very calmly, you know, the Bible said the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. If God's given you a message, wait for the prophet, proper time. Don't interrupt something. And so she will come up here usually and just stand in front of the platform. And when I see Mary standing here, I, I know she's got a word. And especially because she'll just be quivering and, and usually have tears in her eyes. And I'll say, have you got a word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'll give her the mic and she'll give a word of prophecy. Sister Kathleen operates in a little different way. Uh, many times she'll be sitting in a church service or at home or in the prayer meeting and God will give her a word of prophecy and she'll just begin to write and she will write that prophecy out and then she'll say, Pastor, I have a word from the Lord during the prayer meeting and I, and I say, well, give it and she'll read what God has just given her and I'm telling you, talk about blessing. I've got some of them in there in my desk now that she's wrote out that the Spirit of God, it's edifying, it's encouraging, it's blessing. Amen? So Everybody can operate in that gift to edify for the edification of the body. Let's stand. Amen. Tonight, amen. Let's, let's come in around our, uh, the altars tonight and in dismissal. We just come around and pray tonight. As you pray tonight, pray for these gifts. Pray for the, for the operation of these gifts in the church. Let's ask God to, to, to give us these gifts and the manifestation of them in such a greater way. We want to be a Pentecostal worship center, revival center. We are a spirit-filled church, and we want everything that God has for us to be in operation here at Abundant Life Church. So let's pray, desire, and seek God for these gifts tonight. Salvation, he wrote. 
Take me as you find All my fears and failures Fill my life again Give my life to follow Everything I believe in Now I surrender Yes, I surrender Savior, He can move the mountains My God is mighty to save He is mighty to save Forever, author of salvation He rose and conquered the grave your light and let the whole world see singing for the glory of the risen king jesus shine your light and let the whole world see singing for the glory of the risen king savior he can move the mountain my God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save, forever, author of Give the Lord a praise. I, uh, I hope that we have all learned something tonight, but above all, that it's that the Holy Spirit will take these this message and build a hunger, a desire in your heart, in your life, to pray for those gifts to operate. There's I gotta quit. There's difference of operations. This is why I say Kathleen operates in that gift differently than Mary or than Sharon or than Denise. There's different, it's the same spirit. He said, but different operations and different administrations of those gifts. Amen. But it's all one and the self-same spirit to edify the body of Christ. So be in prayer for our church. 
When you're praying for Abundant Life Church, pray, God, let the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit be manifested in our church decently, orderly, to edify the body of Christ. Give us a supernatural Holy Ghost church. Amen. God bless you. We love y'all and looking forward to Wednesday night. So come back Wednesday night. Invite somebody to come with you. Amen. And we'll look forward to seeing y'all again. Have a great week in the Lord. Bro. Buy these for all around.